This episode of the Naperville Moms Network is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor Pinnacle Dermatology, dedicated to the health and beauty of your skin. Welcome to the Naperville Moms Network, a mom-focused talk show focusing on all things mom-related. My co-hosts, Erica, Sarita, and Patty, are glad you're here. This episode, we are joined by Bob Quinn, the Athletic Director of Naperville North High School. With over 30 years in athletics, he is here to share about kids and sports and scholarships. Bob, thanks for being with us today. Can you share your thoughts on the current sports situation with kids in today's climate? Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, ladies. you bet. Um, you know what, I, uh, I truly believe, and one of the things that I think is really important for all parents and moms to understand is that athletics, by and large, absolutely needs to be based and focused on the fact that it's an opportunity to learn life lessons. Mm -hmm. um, it's an opportunity for young people to learn and grow, and scholarships and wins and losses are generally out of our control, however, um, part of the deal, but um, it's my belief that if we as parents and administrators and coaches focus on things like leveraging the teachable moments that happen hundreds and thousands of times in a, mm -hmm. in a young person's life in athletics. Uh, we're going to do a great job raising great young men and women, which is really the goal. Yeah. Don't you feel that, especially in an area like Naperville, that goal is shifted into those wins and those scholarships? Do you feel like that that direction and the thought process is a little bit heavier on this end than it is on what you're just speaking about? That's up to us as the adults in charge. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it can and it does happen sometimes. Uh, we work awfully hard at Naperville North and I know Naperville Central the same way to, to make sure that we focus on those things that we really do manage and that is going to produce great young people in our community and that's, that's the goal. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's about us continuing to preach and talk and tell mm -hmm. our story uh, because really that's the most important thing in my opinion. I know my friend um, has triplets, and I think I've shared the story before, but she enrolled them in gymnastics when they were two years old. And she went to the gymnastics place and said, I'd like to enroll my two-year-olds. Um, and the woman looked at her and said, oh, that's wonderful. Just want to let you know they're going to be a little bit behind. <laughs> and she was like, they're two, you know? Yeah. So we look at from very, very early ages, mm -hmm. um, Erica, you have the youngest kids, mm -hmm. um, that sports becomes very intensive very quickly. Um, I, do you experience that yet? I do. So I have a daughter who's in first grade and her path is definitely going to be performing. So she is not the athlete in the family. I have a little guy who enjoys playing catch or, you know, getting the ball on the tee, but he doesn't want to be in anything. He's four. <laughs> he doesn't want to join anything. Buddy, soccer, buddy, this. And my mom or other people say, well, were you in anything until elementary school? No, but everybody else is. So it's all comparing and it's like, well, is this kid going to get to kindergarten? And then he's never been part of a team. And I don't know, <gasps> you know, and it's ridiculous, but it's coming from elsewhere. It's not when I stop and think about it, I think, look at this, 30-pound, four-year-old. He doesn't right. need to be on any team yet, but you feel that way. And people 
it, it, things fill up too, even Park District. I mean, mm -hmm. to play soccer, even at four and five, you better be online ready to hit that register as soon, button. As soon as they mm -hmm. open it up. Right, yeah. so then if you feel like you're not part of that, it's fear of missing out, you know. Mm -hmm. right. So what is your experience uh, to get onto a high school sports team? Do you feel it's necessary for them to start early on? To get on, because I know in Naperville it's pretty competitive to get into yeah. any mm -hmm. sport. Yeah, I, well, I would suggest that um, athletics at mm -hmm. the high school level in this community is extremely competitive. Mm -hmm. um, I would also suggest that um, high school athletics is that we have opportunities that are cut sports and non-cut mm -hmm. sports. So there's mm -hmm. always opportunities to participate in athletics um, and still make the team. I have a son who wanted to play high school baseball um, and wasn't good enough, quite frankly, um, mm -hmm. and was cut and found his path in a different way. You talked about performing in the performing arts. We have an extracurricular program that is vibrant Amazing. and athletics is only mm -hmm. a piece of what we do. Mm -hmm. Whether it be the show choir, the performing arts program, the bands, the speech team. My son was a state champion speech kid at, at Wheaton-Warrenville South. So those extracurricular opportunities provide our kids an opportunity to make the community, the high school community, smaller. It helps them connect. It helps us create an environment where kids feel pride and connected to what we do, whether it's through athletics or other extracurriculars. So um, it is competitive, and there are some sports mm -hmm. and programs that are more competitive than others. Um, but when the day is done, we do have opportunities for all to be involved in programming that doesn't select teams on a, in a cut situation. Right. So, um, no, I don't think you're behind if you don't do those things. Um, <laughs> and I do think that uh, we do lose perspective quite often, and it's so important for us as the adults to leverage those things that we believe are really important. Mm -hmm. right. And I will say, having I have two sons that have always been interested in sports, and you were saying about the life lessons they learn. They were both wrestlers when they were little, which was the sport that I just was like, oh, I don't, nobody wants to see their kid rolled up in a little ball. It, <laughs> it will happen if you're a wrestler. And they, well, the biggest thing they learned from that is the respect for adults and the respect mm -hmm. for other people. And to this day, they will look an adult in the eye and shake their hand and talk mm -hmm. to them. And that was learned on the wrestling mat. It had nothing yep. to do so with their about. athletic ability. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do, but it was the coaches that worked with them that were so amazing and wanted them to get out of it the life lesson that you're this is what you're going to take off this mat and yep. to this day i give full credit to the wrestling program for doing that and I, I would suggest that one of the things that i think people begin to believe is that these life lessons are taught simply because they participate in athletics and that's not the case and we talked a little bit about mm -hmm. that it's about us as the adults in charge making sure we understand perspective and we leverage those teachable moments and talk about greeting people, talk about leadership, talk yeah. about discipline, yes. talk about teamwork, and all of those things that we want our kids to get so that they become great doctors, lawyers, teachers, moms, dads, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. as a parent to a junior, um, and we're starting the whole college planning process, I've uh, started to see that a lot of her friends who are part of athletics are committing to schools, and some of the kids have gone into some really competitive elite schools as an athlete. And what are your thoughts? Do you find that kids who are involved in athletic teams in high school have a better chance getting into some of the elite schools as opposed to someone who's more focusing academically? I know it's a competitive environment either way. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think that um, when the day is done, I think it's really important for parents to understand 
the map, the road map mm -hmm. of college athletics, and the NCAA is probably the most common way to talk about it. And there's Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. Division One and Division Two offer athletic scholarships, mm -hmm. scholarships, and money to go to school based on your athletic ability. Mm -hmm. Division Three, many people don't understand, do not give anything for athletic. Mm -hmm. You still have in Division Three programming, which tends to be those private liberal arts right. institutions, um, the, the costs of those schools often scare parents away, but the reality is um, places like Loris College, which is my alma mater, um, provide opportunity through academic funding, through all kinds mm -hmm. of funding that makes places very affordable. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I would really encourage parents, because Division Three is where most of your high school athletes are participating mm -hmm. in athletics. Mm -hmm. Do not, do not, do not sell short those that Division Three experience, experience. It's unbelievably competitive. It's a great opportunity to have a healthy balance of academics and athletics at an institution of higher learning where you can continue your athletic career at the Division III level. The Division I and II level where you're offered scholarships for your athletic ability, um, while uh, it, it's just a, it's a different animal. You're an employee of that institution, quite yeah. frankly, mm -hmm. as uh, receiving a scholarship to play athletics. Um, you know what, you're, you're paid by that institution mm -hmm. to do those things, sure. and when they ask you to jump, you say how you high and you do it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a very, very different experience. Um, one of the things that the NCAA Division III does is it absolutely brands itself as an institution or as a division of balance mm. and um, you know non-elitism with regards to athletics. And you're just a college student at that place and you happen to play athletics. And it's a great, great brand. How, how many um, kids, let's say within Naperville North, are going to be at a Division I school? I think a lot of parents think, if I put my kid in the yeah. travel team mm -hmm. at right. five, then sure. we're going to get a full ride scholarship to you know a large school. Right. Yeah, is that just? The general the general numbers are of varsity of high school varsity athletes. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, it's about seven percent play college athletics. Wow! Wow! In general. In general, wow. at most, yeah. but. That's not scholarship. That's right. Division One, Two, and Three. Less wow. than one or less than two percent okay. um, participate in a scholarship-based. That's wow. interesting. Wow. Yeah. Don't you think that the thought process is that yeah. oh, if you do, if you yeah. follow this right. path, somehow you're gonna, you know, it's yeah. all this money and all this time mm -hmm. and all this lost family time is worth right. this because right. it's gonna turn it. You've probably spent way more money on all of those <laughs> yeah. things over the years. Yeah. You, you know, know what's funny is I have a, an acquaintance who planned her the birth the births of her children based on making sure they were a September or October birthday <laughs> for sports because she and her husband were both college athletes even if it was D3 and therefore their three boys were going to be fall birthdays and the tallest and the strong. Oh. Be that's before conception. The book Outliers yeah. speaks to Outliers, that. right. Yeah. Oh my right. gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's in the reality, you know, having a D3 college student who went to Aurora University to play lacrosse, mm -hmm. he got to play. It was a great competitive program, but he got injured. Mm. And he was injured. He's going into his junior year not playing lacrosse anymore because he's had two knee surgeries. And somebody told us in the beginning of the college search, could you stay there if you broke your leg? And I yeah. thought, well, that oh. sounds horrible. But the <laughs> truth is, even when you get into these colleges, if you're going just because of athletics, 
so many there's so many variables you could yep. be injured the coach could leave like there are so many things that could happen and if you're at a university mm -hmm. just because of the sports then you're not really there for the reason you should be at the university which mm -hmm. is getting the education yeah. to carry you on through life <clears throat> so we were very fortunate that he took that to heart and picked a school where not even though he's not playing lacrosse he still fits it still, still feels right yep. mm -hmm. it's still where he should be yep. and I think a lot of times we get caught up in the the name and the athletics and we yep. forget this is this is just a means to an end this isn't the final goal here yep. well really I think light. to your point if two percent of varsity athletes are getting some sort of scholarship money right translate that four years later when they're done with college, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is it, point zero 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 two percent that's actually playing some right. sort of professional yes. sport, that putting yeah. the focus a little bit more on the school I think is a really good point. Mm -hmm. For my son, he plays martial arts, so or he plays, he does martial arts, um, and I love the character building that they build into mm -hmm. their program, mm -hmm. and I could see him owning martial arts studios, sure. right? I mean, it's just he loves it. He's so passionate about it. He's good with people. Um, and you just never know where your children are going to go. Yeah. Sarita, your daughter dances. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many other opportunities to do things other than just you know, that, that hard line sports looking right. to get a scholarship. Right. And, and taking one step back to what you were saying, even just getting onto any of the varsity teams on high school, is single digit percentage of kids trying out to getting on so I think you got to take all that into account as young as your kids are knowing that those percentages don't push it too much and it's not a guaranteed mm -hmm. um, that they're gonna go through fully yeah yep. yeah and I would also suggest that you know many people hear the term full full scholarship and um, the realities of some of those monies are that um, all NCAA Division I full scholarships are one-year renewable contracts. Mm. So um, you I don't necessarily have, have a four-year contract. You give one year and then you earn it the next year and the year after. The other thing is that there's really all, f all most, pro most student athletes don't, if they're not in a revenue sport, football and basketball on the boys' side, basketball, maybe volleyball on the girls' side, depending on the school, those are about the only ones that offer full scholarships. Hmm. Baseball is a great example. Baseball, a fully funded NCAA Division I, so the best baseball college program in the country offers can offer only 11.7 scholarships. Wow. Most wow. college baseball programs have about 30 to 40 student athletes mm -hmm. on their team. Oh so most of those, what they do is they divide those scholarships up. So people are getting books or 10% of a scholarship, 20% of a scholarship, that kind of thing. So okay. um, really understanding that landscaping is important for parents to know and understand. Um, and the most important thing I continue to harp on is that it's a, if it's about scholarships and it's about winning games, uh, I believe we uh, lose really the perspective mm -hmm. that we need as the adults in our young people's lives. And what the goals are to, sure. to help create happy, healthy, yes. emotionally stable yeah. young people that are right. going to thrive in their lives. You bet. You know? right. So I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Thanks, Bob, for being with us today. We appreciate your expertise and knowledge. And for our sports parents, we know it is a lot to manage. Best of luck to you. We'll be right back with more of the Naperville Moms Network. Stay tuned. There's no better time than now to be more informed about what's happening in your town. 
and that's where your community television station, NCTV 17, comes in. We offer a free and easy way to stay connected and informed. With Naperville Now, this two-minute video features top news stories sent straight to your email once a day, Monday through Friday. And best of all, it's free. The Fifth Avenue redevelopment plan still remains in phase one. Always be in the know with daily news updates from Naperville Now. Sign up today. And that's what's happening right here in Naperville. Visit nctv17.com slash subscribe. This episode of the Naperville Moms Network is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor Pinnacle Dermatology, dedicated to the health and beauty of your skin. Welcome back to the Naperville Moms Network. Now that we have that scholarship thing all figured out, we move on to parent-teacher communication. How much is too much? What is appropriate? What is best for your child? What are your thoughts on this, moms? Hmm. You know, I definitely will be one of those parents since my kids were in kindergarten and now they're in high school, middle school. Anytime there's an opportunity for me to have a communication <laughs> with teachers, I'm the first one to sign up. <laughs> So I don't know, you would consider me a helicopter mom or just an active mom, um, but I've always taken advantage of the opportunity to communicate with the teachers for conferences. I feel, um, you know, our opinion as a parent is a biased opinion and it's nice to have a perspective mm -hmm. yeah, from another uh, adult who is with your kids on a day in day out basis to give you that unbiased opinion and more so uh, they're watching other uh, kids, the peers of your children, so they're able to give you a perspective. Where do your uh, kids fit in? Um, are they at par? Um, are they things that the teacher would like you to work with? Mm -hmm. Not so much the academic, but it's more the social, um, emotional, the other aspects, yep. balancing your child's uh, personality, uh, especially with my older daughter. She was really strong academic performer but had really low self-esteem and confidence as a kid in her mm -hmm. own abilities mm -hmm. um, so working with the teachers we were able to create that environment and now she's thriving in That's high school great. so I think sometimes having those communications um, can be help. helpful and I love always hearing the perspective that teachers have on your kids. You think you know your kid, mm -hmm. and then it's always interesting uh, to hear <laughs> a different perspective of how they are outside the home. And even if mm -hmm. it's not a good thing they're saying, even if it's right. a, we got into the habit when our kids were younger to bring our child with us to conferences. If I'm meeting That's with true. the teacher, I want my student to be there because I'm not always getting the right information. Like what he's telling me is happening in the classroom is really not what's happening in the classroom. And what he's telling the teacher is happening at home is not really happening at home. And so I found that if we're all sitting together, then whatever is said, we all are on the same page. So you True. cannot no longer mm -hmm. tell me that there isn't homework coming home when I know every day you have something mm -hmm. to do. Um, so it, that it was so important to me to do that, and I still do that. I just emailed a teacher in high school and I'm making, I scheduled the appointment specifically during my son's study hall so he could be a part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. So even the parent-teacher communication should still include the kid when they get older just to make sure you're all on the same page. Yeah. That's they call point. it the triangle, the student-parent-teacher. Yes. And it's important. I'm, I'm in the same boat mm -hmm. as you are. Um, 
I have obviously only a first grader, and I think that the the um, participation <laughs> is heavy on the front end, right? <laughs> every kindergarten parent is there, every first grade parent, and then each year it diminishes, you know, it goes down. Yeah. And when I taught high school, yeah, I mean, I was twiddling my thumbs a lot of times during conferences. But I will say that the parents who showed up, they were students who were strong academically, and it's nice to see then that they have that support at home. And I think, and I know you, you feel otherwise, <laughs> but I think as a parent, I want to show my children that this is important, so whether I have a meeting or whatever I need to do, I'm showing you that school is priority. And so mm -hmm. I'm, and in case you think you can slip up, you can't because I'm always going to show up at conference. <laughs> right. So even I'm though here, you've been doing yeah. great for six years, mm -hmm. maybe that seventh year you're not, and mm -hmm. mama's going to be there mm -hmm. to listen to that teacher. Right. <laughs> so you very amazing parents, we're going to shift the topic over to my style, which is don't show up to anything. <laughs> I, I mean, at first grade and in kindergarten and second grade, I mean, I went, I went to the conferences, right? Yeah. And I went to the things that they put on at the school to talk about the program, and you had to walk around to the classes. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just left feeling like I didn't know all that much more or what I learned for me mm -hmm, and right. for my children right. specifically didn't actually give me more information that I needed for them. Um, right. I'm also very fortunate my kids are self-starters and they are pretty social and didn't really struggle in those ways. So right. I understand that I maybe have the luxury of doing this where some parents don't, but as you know, I went to the one sixth grade uh, orientation, I went to the one high school orientation, but I haven't been to a parent te teacher conference. My kids are freshmen and junior, probably for six years. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm a much more laid back approach to letting my kids take care of their school situation by themselves and having ownership of it mm -hmm. and ownership of their grades and ownership of their homework. I certainly check in with them like, hey, it's Sunday at three, like do you have some studying to do? do mm -hmm have some homework to do um, and check in with them every once in a while how are your grades doing mm -hmm. and they'll tell me when they're struggling with something and maybe need a little extra help um, but I guess from my perspective because they are doing a pretty good job on their own mm -hmm. and my goal isn't for them to get straight A's in every single subject and be in every hard class my goal is them for them to have a nice rounded out experience mm -hmm. and be happy, get sleep, you know, do one activity each, just have an, a nice life balance. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit of the, the lower end involvement mom. But I think, you, you, like you said, your, your kids are self-starters, your kids are doing, like if you saw them struggling, you would of, certainly be stepping course, in. Of course, And I, you know, I have three kids and the, my daughter, when she got into high school, we never went to parent-teacher conferences because she just, mm -hmm. she was sailing along smoothly. Yeah. Now, when my son got to high school, my middle son, I was at this school so many times meeting with teachers that I was learning Spanish. Like I was saying, when is no chase, Mr. Kruger, you know, in the hallways, because I was there all the time, but I needed to be there all sure. the time because yep. he was not doing what he was supposed to be doing in the classroom and I needed to stay on top of that. And I wanted the teacher to know what I was struggling with at home. Yeah. Like so many times we go into these teacher meetings yes. thinking, I want to see what you're doing in the classroom. Well, I want you to know what we're doing at home and it's not working. Yeah. So yeah. what can you, as the professional because that's the thing I'm not a teacher I didn't go to school mm -hmm. to be a teacher I don't understand necessarily the learning process and maybe I'm missing something maybe there's something easy I could adapt at home that would make the homework process easier or mm -hmm. whatever so I, I don't necessarily think hands-off is bad <laughs> I think it depends. That it depends. depends on the child and it's yeah. just paying attention to that mm -hmm. in that relationship 
Well, I think it's easy for yeah. some kids, right? You have the kids that really excel um, and are in um, advanced classes and are in Project Arrow. And then you have the kids that really are struggling. And mm -hmm. I think both those sets of kids get attention. Yeah. And then you kind of have the some kids in, in the, the middle. middle, right? right. That I, right. seems like some of my friends feel like their kids are getting a little lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you do have to be an advocate from the mm -hmm. parent side because yeah. a teacher has how many kids? 30 kids per class and yeah, 200, how many how many classes do they right. have per day? Right. You know, and so <laughs> yeah. um, it's a lot to expect a teacher to take on that responsibility Absolutely. for every single kid. Mm -hmm. So for me, I guess one part of it is I don't need to be a squeaky wheel. Like my kids are in this area and doing well, so right. I'd rather leave the time open for parents that really need mm -hmm. because it's exhausting when teachers have to go through conferences all right. day long. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a big process. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so there is no right or wrong. It's just how much you feel you know your child and you have yeah. enough communication from your child that you don't need to get a teacher involved. Yep. And then it's just a matter of your parenting style too. That for you, if that's a comfort, having the communication, then, you know, mm -hmm. and then I that's think fine. The, you know, what you're saying is their transition then to college, mm -hmm. if that's their path, is going to be so smooth because I think so many right. high school students are used to having, you know, mom or dad there all the time, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're cut off. And not only that, but no one, there are no parent-teacher conferences <laughs> right. in college. So then you could have the attitude, well, now I'm not being checked up on, so I'm going right. to do what I want. Whereas I, it should be like that from the beginning, I'm going to do what I want. Because it's your life, and it's right. your education. Right. So. But that's where I think it's two different things. Um, your child can still be an advocate for themselves mm -hmm. with their teachers, so you're not the first point of reference. For sure. But that doesn't necessarily have to get equated with communication that parents and teachers have, especially I find like in high school with kids going through so much of that emotionally exhaustion, stress. Mm -hmm. I think if there are triggers or signs that as a parent teacher, if you have those communications, mm -hmm. yeah. it might help kind of bridge a gap. It, mm -hmm. a it, rather than, because a lot of times, like you were saying, when you, I have communication with a teacher, sometimes they don't always know what's happening in the family right. environment. Oh, well, so 100%. it's bringing that perspective, because you know no teacher is going to be talking about anything <laughs> with no. the teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, you know, because I constantly struggle with that, you know, asking for communication, am I a helicopter parent? But I think it doesn't have to be, you mm -hmm. know. My kids are still an advocate for themselves, but I just like to have that communication because right. you don't get much from teenagers. Yeah. When yeah. we were going yeah. through our divorce, I'd re I did reach out to mm -hmm. Christopher's teacher. I said, right. hey, ju just a heads up. You know, just, you know, pay a little extra special attention right. to him. It, if something if something isn't going well or he's acting differently, mm -hmm. maybe just right. give me some feedback. So that was one time that I mm -hmm. definitely reach out right. to, to them um, to just let them know, hey, this is what's going on right. in our family life yeah. that could yeah. potentially affect my child right. at school. And they are seeing, oh, like sure. you were saying, Sarita, they are seeing your child outside of the home. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. to be able to know that this is this behavior that's not mm -hmm. usual in the classroom, there's a reason why that's happening. Yep. He's not acting out to be disrespectful yep, or anything right. else. There's yeah. something else going on. That yep. was usually yep. the, my first question when a student was acting out was, mm. bud, going on. Yeah. That's it. It's the same as a parent to a kid. What's yep. going on, Chris? Yep. What's going on, Chris? Right. You know, from teacher <laughs> to student. Right. And, and you'd be surprised they actually do open up to certain teachers more than they do their parents. Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I heard a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. And and sometimes you're, you know, you, you're the um, 
person that they feel comfortable with and they're not even your student. Maybe you had them two mm -hmm. years ago and then yeah. you end up somehow being sort of a mentor throughout their four years and it's a special relationship and they are the professional but at the end of the day it that parent role you know you need to be present. Yeah. You, you need know, to be present, you need to be an advocate because even if your teacher of your child had mm -hmm. some feedback Sometimes teachers might not take the initiative and say, hey, I'm going to reach out to the parent. Yeah. Sometimes right. as a parent, because mm -hmm. you reached out, maybe you might, yeah, you know. That's true. Yeah. So, um, yep. Well, this, uh, this topic can be difficult to navigate yeah. for mm -hmm. some parents and for me, quite easy. So, <laughs> so I think <laughs> each is their own choice. Right. Right, right. Our kids' teachers are a big mm -hmm. part of their lives. Learning how each teacher communicates and when to step in or not mm -hmm. can be one of the keys to your child's school success. Thank you for watching the Naperville Moms Network. And remember, you're always invited. Thank you.